0: Hi everyone, welcome to episode 35 of Beer and Bands. My name's Chris.
1: My name's James.
0: Uh, and as usual, we'll get straight into our tried and tested. So, the tried and tested for this episode is from Brewdog and it's called Double or Nothing. Now, the backstory of this beer was it was a free giveaway for the Equity for Punks. So, yep. uh, we all got four cans each. I think we just had to pay for a couple of quid for delivery, and that was it. So, it was one there. Kind of like the first big thing that they were starting to push about the off, like double offsetting carbon emissions from the brewery. So, and from that point, that then obviously started introducing it from across a range of quite a few different beers. In particularly, Lost Lager is another one that they're really pushing like the double offset, yeah, carbon yeah. emissions. Um, so, I actually haven't had this one before, but you have. So, what yeah. I would do, I'll be the guinea pig on this one first. While you kind oh, of, talk, I'll let you talk is- through the can. Because normally it's exciting.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you I think as you alluded to, I mean, so this is celebrate kind of the world's first carbon negative breweries. The way they said it, which I I doubt actually, because I think there were a few other breweries probably there, but probably one of the big mainstream ones that was uh, definitely up there. So this is a double offset hazy IPA, six point five percent. So I'm wondering if you can taste the strength. I mean, you can definitely get kind of cloudy is an understatement. Uh, it's very murky. <laughs> Very kind of almost tango color, I think. It is very orange as well. You're not
0: wrong. Um,
1: <laughs> and hazy. I mean, your face your face painted a thousand words there. Um, what were your thoughts, Chris?
0: <laughs> okay, so as I, on the nose, and like, like I said, it's a very like kind of golden, hazy look to it. The aroma, you can smell the hops, but there's a the strange part for me on the aroma before I took the swig was the fact that you could smell a sweetness to it straight off. Now, as I've taken a sip of it, it's a really weird, confused balance of bitterness and a really strange sweet, like sickly sweet flavour. A bit like, kind of like, um, maybe a bit like marshmallowy, it's probably the best way I I can really describe that.
1: So, I think that is what it is. So, the worst thing with um, Brewdog beers, they don't really ever give a breakdown of flavor profiles or hops, but they do have on the ingredients marshmallow flavoring and pineapple flavoring. So, I don't I'm really pick up the pineapple, if I'm up. honest, but
0: the the marshmallow, yeah. Uh, and I can't, if I'm completely honest, I don't think that that's a good choice. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no. I love that your face was similar as well. So, at least it's not just me. So, I. I've, I've read,
1: sweetness yeah it's that is confused man i yeah it, that, it doesn't that really know me. which
0: way it wants to go does it it's like uh, there's some bitterness ah, and have five ton of sugar as well it, yeah no. you know what
1: because I was, I was thinking aroma wise you can you can definitely smell the sweetness but you can kind of get some of the tropical notes from the yeah. aroma but actually you, that is completely lost and you're right it's it's kind of more of a tangy sweetness at the end because yeah. it's not just sweet is in terms of like oh this is marshmallow this is sugar but it it's it's a weird offset it, it's kind of i'm, I'm trying to think because in the past we've had things like our pineapple milkshake ipas and stuff like that with yeah. that kind of weird sourness towards the end whereas yeah. this is quite full-bodied sweetness but then no real fruitiness to bring it back i i don't I don't really know what they were thinking. Well, it's,
0: it's one of those ones where, because we've had beers where there's sweetness before. So like the, um, the mango pale ales or like, um, like the New England IPAs, where it's, they're particularly more fruity than they are hoppy, you know? So we're used to having a sweetness in beer. It's just for that one, the balance of that sweetness versus that distinct bitterness that you're getting from the hops as well. For me, it just does not work. And I'm really surprised by it to be honest, because I, well, obviously, we see a lot of posts about when certain beers get released. Yeah, A lot of beer bloggers tend to release like breakdowns of very similar ones at the same point when they all get their hands on at the same time. Now, a lot of them were given quite good reviews of this one. And I'm struggling to see where from because unless it's yeah. changed over time, I mean, but it's been kept fully chilled the entire time that we've had it. It hasn't been exposed to anything. so It's just...
1: Honestly, it's the marshmallow. that doesn't need to be there. The sweetness at the end, I think actually if you take that outside and think of it as a double IPA, I think mm. for me personally you do get a lot of that hoppy taste to start with and actually that went into a more tropical kind of fruity aftertaste mm. to balance it out. That would be a very pleasant double IPA. The fact they've got that just sweetness, like you say, it it just goes from hoppiness to sweetness and it just overloaded straight away. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest, it also, I don't know if you're agreeing with this, but it gets worse the more you drink of it. Like it does seem to get sweeter. Yeah. I think for me, yeah. I, it, and it really built up. Yeah.
0: No, I'm really, I'm really, Um, it's one of those beers for me that you would say, you know, when a brewery just makes a beer for the sake of making a beer, like, we've used this. We don't care what it tastes like, but we've used this as a, a kind of like, to draw you in it's one of them type of we've got marshmallow in our beers yeah i mean it shouldn't clearly it shouldn't be there but it's it's one of them things which is quite funny because we've got another one along the similar sort of lines a bit later on but uh it could be a double whammy this one but yeah Yeah, um
1: yeah it's the kind of sweetness you get in stout sometimes that they really force down the stout route like if you think of like uh tiny rebel the marshmallow tiny rebel you can get uh yes the stay puffed right. one yeah yeah stay puffed like that that's the kind of level of sweetness we're talking here but that's a marshmallow yeah, one as I, I well though, the isn't it that is yeah marshmallow as well and i think that like you said it's flame similar flavor notes but i think that one has a better balance to it and again yeah, they because push it more towards
0: that yeah but that would be one because of that distinct bitterness from the stout like that extra sweetness yeah. may just kind of offset yeah. it enough offset it. where there's a not in there's not enough either way in this one so it's not extreme, extreme bitter, and it's not light enough to get away with the sweetness. So, yeah, it's a, uh, it's definitely a strange one. Um, uh, I'm glad that I'm not been buying a lot of them to be honest. But <laughs> it's, yeah. good, it's a good job it was free. That's all I'm saying. I mean,
1: I mean, talking of disappointment in Brewdog, uh, Chris.
0: <laughs> oh, I suppose that's one way to line it up. Oh, yeah, uh, because well, to be honest, we were very. I was very um and no, no, about whether to use the brew dog beer in the first place. I'm sure a lot of people have already kind of heard what's going on with BrewDog, but for those people who haven't, what we'll do is because we don't want like to be completely negative about everything. We'll kind of bring up the, uh, the iffy things that are going on at the moment, shall we say, like with a bit more of a negative connotation. And then after that, we'll actually focus on the good stuff that they are doing as well. So the BrewDog have actually been in the news for a couple of reasons recently. So the first thing that kind of came about was the some ex-employees released statements about the working conditions of working at BrewDog, it's effectively saying that working at BrewDog affected their mental health quite a lot because the way in which it was run. Uh, BrewDog have a setup where people don't feel comfortable to be able to say when they feel something is wrong because it's the BrewDog way and you can't kind of go against it. So a lot of people have spoken out, but BrewDog themselves have responded to that and actually said anybody who has left BrewDog over the last 12 months, they will be sending out, um, reaching out to them to try and get a read, like the reasoning why they actually left to get a better understanding of how things are operating. So it's not like they're burying the head in the sand about it. no. Well, no, it's, but I think, it's definitely not. A, yeah. It's not a good thing to be uh, brought into the headlines for. In my, I, I think
1: the, the thing for me it was it was the public manner that it was done because if I remember correctly, it was like a hundred plus employees who did like this open letter might yeah. like you say, kind of citing problems with practices and with I, I think they said uh, a culture of fear or something like yeah. that. I think they singled out, which is again very rare, the CEO James what I believe yeah. his name is. Um, And I think when you're doing that in such a public manner, they, you know, really involve the public, you know, the thing is, there are probably these type of claims against most big organizations. You know in the uk in the world whatever but actually very rarely do you get this level of transparency to it and actually call kind of big yeah. organizations out on this type and like you say the fact that it also kind of touched that mental health aspect of it just really i think spoke to a lot more people and it kind of gained a lot more traction and you know like i say, i think they they have approached it in the right way in terms of saying you know not only will they respond to all the ex-employees and actually go back to them individually but also they said they will review their practices. They will look at kind of how policies are in place, make sure they can make steps going forward. And, you know, I think to be fair, wellbeing and kind of mental health is something that's still relatively new in employment, I think. And it's something that a lot of employers still have a lot of work to to go towards to try and make those improvements. Because, you know, there is still a bit of a stigma around it uh, about, you know, could you take time off work for mental health issues? And, you know, some companies still don't fully acknowledge it as an issue. Uh, and people, I suppose, might think it's almost as a, a way of just getting out of it, right, of oh, I want a day off work, so I'll just cite mental health issues. Whereas actually people really suffer from these issues. And I think the more companies can do to get behind their employees and kind of help them and, you know, try and understand it, the kind of easier it is. And actually, you know, a lot of these kind of lead to stress and stuff like that. And actually, in terms of employment, by working with them, you can actually get more productivity from actually being open about these issues and acknowledging they exist to really work with people. Um, and I think that's, that's one of the things that clearly Brewdog wasn't doing before, but hopefully hopefully they'll, they'll do going forward. So it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds really. So.
0: Well, I do think there's a, a big thing about uh, companies at the moment where, I mean, like my workplace is just one of many that are trying to go, okay, so we need to start looking after people's mental health and, you yeah, know, look after them, make sure that they're all okay, but, like, doing the job. And you're like, well, yeah, you say that, but then there's no actual follow-up to, okay, so what kind of guidelines are you going to work with? So, you know, what, what level of support can we offer to people? It's one of the things that I think at the moment, like, oh, we need to look after people's mental health because it's a big, like, trigger word, but then people are like, we don't actually know what it is. Unless you've actually experienced mental health issues like I have in the past, I find it quite open and easy to talk about uh, my mental health issues and actually help other people through theirs. So I'm quite comfortable in that respect. So unfortunately, in my workplace, a lot of these yeah. things tend to come to me because <laughs> other people are like, I can't cope with this. Can you? Yeah. You know, I, so. I think
1: that, that's thing. I, I mean, the other thing is, I, I know there are a lot of initiatives, uh, especially by the government and nhs in terms of kind of free advice lines and chat helps and stuff like that to actually try and point you in the right direction point you in the right support networks and give you some guidance and i think there's a lot of those for employers now as well to just say okay these these are real issues this is how you need to deal with it this is the right process you know this is the right guidance to give and i think you know the more the more of that kind of guidance from some legal entity to actually put more weight behind it than actually easier it is for employers to kind of provide that guidance. Cause like I say, if you don't understand it because you don't find it tangible to actually, Oh, actually I understand that because I've dealt with it or I've experienced it. It is hard to then acknowledge it as well, because you're like, well, you know, if you're right in your own headspace, you can't think of anybody else not being, I suppose. And I think, having that perspective is really useful. Uh, and I think sometimes that, that can really help. So,
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's one of the things, if you've got no concept of it, how are you supposed to help somebody? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it, it, it's one of those things, there's a long way to go with it, but at least people are starting to recognise it. And to be honest, the way that BrewDog have helped, like, focused on their aspects with the fact of reaching you know, it, trying to get all the information exactly so they get a better understanding. Because it's one of those things as well, where if uh, a company being run a certain way, if you've got like regional managers or area managers that are very, very cutthroat, it's quite easy for them to say, Actually, this has come from the top, you need to do this. Yeah, do you know what I mean, So actually how much of it is genuinely getting what, and how much of it is other people spinning certain things to suit a certain agenda, shall we say? But yeah, you know, yeah. I'm sure they'll once I've actually looked into it, because of how public it's been, I'm sure they'll actually release their findings and, you know, what they're actually yeah. going to do. It'll be something like an employee charter that we promise to abide by the same as with our shareholders, blah, 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 that yeah, type of rubbish. But, you know, it it is what it is. But I don't think, I don't think changes along those lines are going to happen for quite some time across the board, really. But yeah. yeah, so that's their first thing that they were in the news for. <laughs> the second one is a lot of people would have seen the win a solid coal, no solid gold can. Yeah, uh, solid gold was it?
1: Solid gold, twenty-four carat can that's worth fifteen thousand. Yeah. And me and you, we, we actually were excited to maybe get one of these. Yeah. The first BrewDog subscription, which we mentioned uh, previously because we, we used one of their beers on, on the podcast, yeah. we kind of talked about, and they, they were in there as well, there was a potential of a gold can being in the subscription box. So I think we both eagerly opened ours thinking, well, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll win £15,000 from this. Uh, well, it was,
0: was £10,000 worth of uh, BrewDog shares followed by the £15,000 gold can. So, of course, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, win this. With everything going on at the moment, 15 grand becoming come in quite handy. Flog it on eBay. Yeah. Jobs are good. One. Well, two, I think um, at least two people who've won them went and had the cans appraised. Uh, and it, you know, funny enough, it wasn't solid gold. It was a big lump of brass that had been gold plated, uh, worth approximately 500 pounds. So, um, as a result of that, they've now been investigated about misleading people into sales because, of course, people a lot of people would have bought the boxes that they yeah. wouldn't necessarily have based on the fact that potentially they could win a gold can worth 15 grand and you also get 10 grand's worth of shares. So Dogger responded saying um, they did initially say it was solid sort of gold, uh, but then once they realised the error that had been made by the marketing team, they uh, amended it straight away being like how many cans have you sold before you got to that point um
1: i mean it was quite a lot and i think they they did admit like it was quite far down but i think the other problem they had they had was their handling with the people who complained in the first place because that they did it quite a private way to be fair they weren't doing it in a public way and you know the the kind of correspondence they sent back to them was very much oh yeah we admit that you know you know it shouldn't have been sold as you know, 24 karat. you know, it should have been said as gold plated and all this stuff, but they didn't even, I suppose, they could have offered some type of compensation. I mean, good customer service in these type of issues, you know, it could go a long way. There is a lot of traction. It's not like they've got baseless claims. That's yeah. the thing. There was a lot of uh, legal law behind this. And I think, you know, if I'm honest, looking at their case, it, they're going to lose. They're going to pay a fine What's for so? this uh, misadvertising and they're probably going to end up having to pay the extra amount of money to, to all the people who've won. Uh, the So probably at least looking at 200 £300,000, probably minimum, I would have thought. Um, and I think what's crazy is that they could have just avoided it and said, actually, we'll give you fifteen pounds we'll give you, you know, but they all equally, they're a brewery, they could have given away so many beers or something like that, or we'll give you uh, a five year subscription to their brew dog service or something like that, right? There's a lot of easy things they could have done that would have minimised that and at least shown some goodwill, but I think they were very much, no, we're not paying you anything, we don't need to. But admitted they lied, so yeah, yeah, uh, bit of a weird one, really.
0: They're I mean, it's a... it's pretty much it's the clearest case of uh, you know, shut and done. But they're still digging the hills, in and they're going to wait until the, the judgment. Yeah. So it's kind of the brew dog way, if I'm honest. But yeah, yeah, people can take mean, they... that hell they want. But
1: <laughs> they do say all publicity is good publicity, so let's hope that is the case. For
0: <laughs> It's better than uh, nothing, I suppose, but I think they get enough as it is. And so the problem promise a lot of it is getting negative. But on is, the...
1: Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say the col- the cultural shift this day and age as well, I think especially, you know, the last 10 years or so is these are the kind of social issues that people do make decisions over as mm-hmm. consumers. I mean, if you think of like spoons and the handling in the last, you know, three or four years people do boycott weather speeds because of it. there's a lot of negative reaction and a lot of negative press Exam, exactly. we talked about this previously on the episode uh, with you as well chris and your views and i think th- this is the kind of thing where when it stacks up people will make decisions on it and yeah. people might decide actually i'm not going to go brew dog you know if they don't change their ways or they're not going to show themselves as kind of this more social kind of uh, mobility type company then why would you and i think it's a bit disappointing for Brewdog because actually what they do for the environment and some of their other mantras, they're normally (laughs) quite high in esteem, I think. And so to see them kind of fall so low and not be as apologetic as, especially in certain regards, they could be, it just doesn't help. And it just shows them a little bit more rigid, um, you know, and like you say, they could have handled it so much better.
0: I think this is the problem with them because sometimes they just get so stubborn and stuck in their ways. Now, this is our way. And, you know, that's what causes the problem because rather than just going, Yeah, I made a mistake. Sorry about that, mate. Is a grand uh, a check for 15 grand. Du apologies, keep the can anyway. You know, yeah. as an extra token. You know, it, it, we appreciate it was mishandled, but yeah, and every single person would have gone, Cheers, thanks a lot. Yeah. Just Easily done, and actually would avoid a lot of issues yeah. with the uh, court cases. But what do we know? But yeah, on the bright side, though, I mean, as you was like like pointing to, then they're doing great things where they've got oak forests, so they're planting like so many extra trees, trying to um, re-establish like you know good tree and forest uh, like areas to improve the air quality and things, trying to offset um emissions wherever possible with like different things like um making sure it's like energy efficient el- uh, electric that have been used and you know recycling cans rather than being like wasted because i did yeah. the uh, trash can lagers which was just like any old can and they stuck a new label over it so it didn't look the prettiest but it saved a load of can just being built and, and even
1: during COVID, they, they offered their uh, kind of facilities for vaccine centers. You know, the, I mean, they even said, you know, if they did vaccine centers, you get a free beer. If you had a kind of jab there, you know, they they do try and do other stuff. Well,
0: so. they also did the um, alcohol gel for free and gave a load of that away as well. You know, yeah, so yeah. it's one of the things it's easy to get drawn into the negativity of the press that they get in. But actually, for all the negative stuff they, that has happened, which is, you know, it is completely valid, which is fair enough. Yeah, but they also do some good stuff as well, and I think it's it's important to actually do highlight the good work that they do do. I mean, we've used like their products for yeah. absolutely years, and we're still at the moment keeping the the Brewdog and Friends subscription mainly because it's one of the ones that it's actually it's easy enough that we can both get, which doesn't cost an absolute fortune, and we know we're going to have the same beer. So if we ever want to, a beer and a catch up at some other point. We know we've got the same things just to have a chat on that over, which is like separate to what our podcast is. And I think that's some of the things about like with the other subscriptions ones, because you haven't got that consistency. So I I think BrewDog, yeah. Yes, there's some negatives and yes, there's things I can improve on, but even in a a company that hasn't got areas where they can get better, you're going to struggle to find one really. So, but yeah, I mean, that's a kind of two pence on the whole situation, but Double yep. nothing is still crap. so
1: it is still, it is still rubbish. But if Brewdog wants to fly us out to their hotel and try and change our minds...
0: In Columbus, why Ohio. Why not? Where we've got a very, very big <laughs> following for some random and no reason. Why, why um,
1: not? I mean, <laughs> we're always open to those kind of options. Why?
0: <laughs> right. So that's enough about Brewdog. Let's move on to our Peter Falk for this episode. So Peter Falk for this episode is from Four Chaps Brewery and it's called Hacker, which is a kvik Pale Ale. It's 5.8%. Um, now, four chaps we've, well, three chaps and four chaps we've featured a lot. It's the same people, just somebody else went in with the brewery as anybody who to episode 34. Um, Kev was a guest host on that one, and he actually gave us a lot of the backstory about how it all yeah. kind of came about. Uh, thank you very much, Kev, for stepping in for that one, So, which is much appreciated. Now, hacker. I have seen has had some good reviews online. I haven't tried it, um, and no, you haven't tried it either. So, if you want to have a quick swig and a nose while uh, I go through the label, which has literally just come apart in my hand, so that's high quality I'll be honest,
1: there. M- mine is <laughs> the exact same. But <laughs> anybody, anybody who's had a four chaps or three chaps beer knows that everyone is brewed uh, and has a fun fact written on it, which I think will give you context as you will be reading. So uh, that's exactly.
0: You know. So uh, yeah. So. What they do is, they've still stuck with like the Pokemon thing on the front, so they're clear they haven't been sued by Nintendo yet. But uh, it's brewed in with all you just with the Birmingham, and the fun fact they have to stick on every single bottle, it's a different one every time. The fun fact on this one is, the hacker is a traditional war cry, war dance, for or challenge in the Maori culture. Now, is that a fun fact, or is that a fact? That's the uh, kind of biggest question, really. But,
1: well, I think it's fun, Chris. I, I, I just think it's a
0: fact, which most people know. Uh, right, so uh, the looking at the beer, it is very hazy, uh, slightly darker than the last one. So it's still kind of a goldenish colour, but maybe a tint more towards the amber look. Um, what are you picking up? Anything in particular on the flavour of the nose? You're looking a bit confused, if I'm honest. Yeah, I am a bit confused. Is, is, is this because of the Double or Nothing, or...?
1: No, no, I think for me it has that taste and and shamefully um, <laughs> uh, the label has destroyed itself but I, I don't think it's necessarily wheat but it, it's definitely the thing in wheat beers that I hate it's that kind of tang to it at the end mm. and I'm trying to put my finger on exactly what flavour that is that I don't like But it's If I'm honest I think I people. know what it
0: is It's the yeah. Kavik
1: It's the Kavik, is that oh, what is, it is? Like, that,
0: that particular Kavik has got a very distinct kind of flavour, that like yeast Now, depending on what hops have been put with it depends on how prominent that flavour is. Now, because it's a very similar profile to when we had, there was an Attic one that was a Kavik Pale, like, about a year ago now. Yeah. But th- that was a bit more subtle on the Kavik flavour. Yeah. And with the hops that it was put with, it kind of got put in the back burner. You could tell it was there, but it wasn't at the forefront. This one, because the hop balance is a lot more simple you can tell that 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 prominent flavor from the Kabikis. it's all one of those ones whether you actually you enjoy that flavor or not um also i don't think we're a massive fan of it but i mean don't get me wrong it's it's quite pleasant it's a very easy drinking but it does give you that very strange distinct Yeah. yeah kind of like tangy bitterness to it that you you don't normally get with something like a traditional kind of pale or an ipa does that make that makes yeah. sense to Yeah, and
1: I think tangy bitterness is probably the right way to say it. Because actually outside of that, you know, in terms of the initial taste, it is quite juicy, quite fruity as well. That's the thing. Quite but light as well, really.
0: Considering yeah, it's five point eight. Light
1: body. Yeah. And I think for oh is it five point eight. I wouldn't have said it was five point eight. Yeah, so nowhere near that. that it, yeah, okay. I'd like to say I think for me it's just that aftertaste, which is very distinct. Um and, and for me probably ruins it, dare I say. But um, it's a shame because I love Pokemon so I'm immediately
0: <laughs> so, um. I, I, I don't think it ruins it for me I mean especially not with the thing we had beforehand but yeah it's not it's not a particular yeah. flavour profile that I run to it, 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 again it, that's the thing with beer there's no right or wrong answer it all depends mm-hmm. on like, what individual things you enjoy and yeah I don't go for a Kavit generally but it's not yeah. It's not overpowering that I can undrinkable.
1: Just saying, with the whole like it depends with beer. There's no right or wrong answer. Remember the two beers we've got coming up that so you might eat those words with one of them.
0: potentially. Um, I mean, it's one of those episodes where it'll be interesting to see what our order is at the end because it could go any way. To be completely honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this,
1: this is almost like a wild card episode with every, you know, with all the beers, really. So. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a mini
0: episode of uh, 14, isn't it, really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because all those were, you know, for the most part, very Not all, expensive. not I'm all. The, there was
0: a couple that we didn't like. Uh, not not <laughs> all of them. I will stand by that. <laughs> That's
1: the one that you'll cling by. <laughs> uh, and, and they've been so happy hated, to actually have
0: an yeah. awful beer.
1: And even the ones that we hated, Ugga loved. So, I mean, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Terrible. but there's a reason why we call him mugger <laughs> it have been Ugger Lee, not good Dan. Right. Um, but moving on to that one. So yeah, that's hacker, which is a Kavig Pale from four House Brewery. Now, so in between uh last episode that we did, which was episode 33 we have actually been to a sporting event, haven't we, James? We actually went I out know. into the public, which seems like a lifetime ago now, to be honest. Um, it does
1: and I'll be honest I think we were we were both very excited about going to, to the cricket um yeah. you know we we actually managed to get tickets to England versus New Zealand uh, was it day 2 I day think? 2
0: of the second test yeah Edge Baston,
1: yeah, Edge Baston, it was really good, and I think you know, in terms of uh kind of talking about it, I think first I should talk about kind of what I was expecting. My expectations of the event was you know, I I knew they were limiting the number of people going to it, you know, uh, I I, it was still 17,000, but I knew 18,000 in the the end, um, and I thought you know, realistically, they're you know, given it was during kind of COVID, I was like, there'll be space in between everybody, maybe a few seats between people, you know, try and keep some of the larger crowds apart, you know, really enforce the face mask and all that stuff. And, uh, you yeah, know, for the most that part... That was going to be further for the truth, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, honestly, you know, I, I think, if we're going to be blunt, we, it was a terrible day of, of cricket um, for us. Absolutely horrendous.
0: Uh, well, we don't have to mention um, that test at all because we completely crumbled by um, Yeah.
1: But some positives, right? We got to see both uh, batting and fielding, which I think yeah. is always good to see. To see, you know, uh, both, and you know, outside of that, the atmosphere and the crowd was amazing. And I would say, yeah, it if really. it was good cricket and it was also built up a little bit more, where there was that bit of extra celebration, then I'd imagine that would have been unbelievable. And maybe day, I think day one probably had that a little bit. Yeah. but even then. Everybody made the best of a bad situation, and I don't know there was a single person in the crowd who wasn't uplifted <coughs> by everything. Uh, you know, feed the snake is yeah. always going to be one of my favourite <laughs> moments. You know, and and to, to maybe mention this is what normally Edge Baston do is you pay like a pound for a cup right and it's like almost hiring a cup and you can kind of take it back and get a pound off the next pint uh in terms of making sure they kind of collect them but because it's COVID, i suppose they don't want to reuse cups in the same way and they might have a deeper clean every single pint you pay that pound. So there's yeah. no incentive for returning the cup. So suddenly there are thousands of cups all over the stadium, just building up and building up. And, you know, there were just people collecting them, stacking them together, making these massive cup snakes that were like going round the ground from, from top to bottom, across, you know. Um, and it was just funny to see just the amount of people kind of collaborate trying to make these massive snakes. And then just the poor attendants trying to, break the snakes up and try and get people to sit down and collect this you know cups and all that
0: well stuff and, the, yeah. the best part of that for me was because uh, anyone who does know a beer stake, it's like, essentially it's once you've drank a beer you put all you as you normally stack your glasses top like top to bottom you pretty much just do from top to bottom of a stadium just keep on throwing as many as you can just because it's fun um and <laughs> what <but> the <laughs> Because of this apparent social distancing, which was like absolutely non-existent while we we're in there as well, we all had to have COVID tests before we started. You know, to see weren't yeah. were in without one. Um, but because of social distancing, it wasn't there. They kept on like trying to break up the um, like the beer snakes. One thing that they didn't quite realise though was there was runners, so they would start on one end of the stadium. Like, start doing a, a feed the snake. They make a massive beer snake. And then, like, the, you know, the stewards is like, get together and go, we're going to break it up now, yeah. So they start breaking that up. About three blokes could just grab an ha- absolute crapload of, uh, of the plastic glasses, leg it to the opposite side of the stand. And they like, feed the snake, and just start again. And you're just like, and you can just see the uh, stewards go, ah, oh, shit, not again. Yeah. <laughs> but that was literally the whole day. It was like that. Yeah. It was so good.
1: And they they couldn't, they couldn't control it at all, and that's the sad truth. And yeah, there comes a point where I I would have just expected to them to give up, but actually they were committed at breaking the snake up, and they, you know, would try to help. They tried different tactics as well. Like you could see the formations they were coming up with in their head, like to try and catch people. But I think the biggest problem is, of course, being an attendant they have no real power. You know, they can say, "Give me the cups," but. You don't have to. And I think that was the thing. People just didn't respect them or their authority at all. And so they were just like, Respect my authority. Yeah. And the best thing, and I think what I thought was probably my favorite moment is the attendant was like, Okay, come on, guys, just give me the cups now. So she got like a small stack of cups in her hand, and they just piled them on top. So suddenly <laughs> she was holding this like, you know, thousand yeah. cup snake with two hands, just going, Oh, what have I done? Like, and it just topples, and everybody's like, hey, you know, and just cups everywhere, and it's just cup, cup pandemonium. It was, oh, it was so funny.
0: Yeah, definitely uh, the beer snakes was definitely like, yeah, it was just a, a fun thing going on because, to be honest, we weren't like taking any wickets. So we need to keep ourselves yeah. entertained somewhere. But uh, we, sta- we were sitting inside the Eric Holly stand, which is generally the party stand anyway. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing was I, I tried to prepare myself as much as I could for the fact that it might not be as socially distanced as everything else at the moment. And even then, I still wasn't fully prepared. So yeah. I was, as I walked around, I think I was about one of about ten blokes that actually wore a mask the whole time when we were in our seats, just because of like you know protection yeah. for other people in my life and things. You now, for me, I was I wasn't prepared to take the risk. Whereas, like yeah, literally, like nobody else was doing it. Yeah. Everyone was walking around just drinking, eating. It was generally like a normal day. Which, yeah. to honestly, on one hand, it was good to feel the fact that you hadn't got to watch what you were doing all the time and you could just do things normally. But by the other hand, there's like such an anticipation of what people are going to do nowadays. I think when you does get, get to a stage where all of our restrictions have disappeared, I think there's going to be a big thing for a lot of people yeah. where they just can't jump straight back in. And I completely understand that. And uh, yeah, it's it, it very surreal and I, I, I found it didn't it really feel real, drinks, did
1: it? To be fair, no, it, it didn't. And I think for me, it was, I think one of the worst things is the guidance that they gave for face masks mm. was very open ended. Like, once you get to your seats, you can take the masks off. And I think what they meant is, once you're sitting down, you don't need to wear a mask, but if you mm. get back up, you should wear it again. But there was no real clear guidance on that. I don't think there was signs anywhere saying, you know, if you stand back up, yep. you need to yep. wear your mask Nothing again. Like and I think, you know, to start with, I think, you know, most people did try and take it seriously and stuff that. But the problem is, by the time people have had a couple of drinks, they just forget that routine and, you know, they get really comfortable that, you know, everybody's getting up and running around and, you know, just the amount of people there. Uh, I think one of the funniest things for us is, you know, we got into the stadium at about 11 o'clock and they were out of carling. So how do you run out of lager (laughs) at 11 o'clock on day two? To be be honest, they've been open
0: since half past nine. So there was a lot of drinking going straight from the off.
1: Exactly and I think that just shows kind of just how mad it was but I'm with you I wasn't expecting it to be that close and you know I'm still very cautious around that because of course I get public transport most time when I go to work and stuff like that and you know having to wear a mask most of the time when I'm near anyone so suddenly just seeing that many people not having it just yeah it's crazy and I think they've said like what in a couple of weeks time masks are going to be optional and I can't imagine anybody choosing to wear them outside of you know like yourself like why would you put yourself on the risk it makes sense wearing them it's not a big deal but that transition period i think most people will immediately drop it and i think that's the biggest worry actually because really they're not there for you they're there for everyone else and i think that's the problem with it really well that's Uh, that's what's annoying it's like you know you're not you're not you know, it has no effects on you. So when you say, oh, well, I don't need a mask. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't care about myself, but it's not about you. It's about everybody else. And I think that's the point that people miss.
0: Well, and that's the so. thing that really annoys me at my work because, yeah, you know, I'm not saying where I work because that's just not what I do anyway. But yeah, I always call my work off podcast a ronable because yeah. it has been rife with COVID for the, the entire period because we're key workers and we're in all the while The business, to be honest, it's not the business's fault. They have spent an absolute fortune trying to enforce certain things, like perspective screens, face masks, making sure people are doing everything right, uh, thermal checking when you're walking, make sure you're you're not above the 37 degrees. It's not the business's fault. The people, however, are so stupid. They're not social distancing, yeah. they're walking away with their masks, they're going, the to around, talking. And you're like, what's wrong with you? It's like yeah. this pandemic has not disappeared. If anything, since they've gone to the stage three in the UK, I mean, I don't know, it's different elsewhere, but in the, in the UK, in stage three, our numbers have shot up again. And you're like, yeah, well. Yeah, Delta
1: variant, it, you know, it transmits even more. So the idea of it not being more transmissible now, and you know, yes, the numbers are lower where they were, but doesn't mean we should. Be resting easy by any stretch, and I think that's the biggest thing. And the hardest thing, I think, with with a business like yours, where you are key workers, and you, you know you've got so many people in that industry, is. A lot of other places are trying to say, okay, we'll do two days in the office, three days at home or something like that, but they're working from home. is isn't an option for every business. And then- Yeah, we can't, space, we can't work from home for us. Yeah, and then space becomes a real issue because how do you separate people and put space between desks? Because you generally just don't have the, the floor space to move people that far away. Yeah. And so like you say, then you get things like Perspex and you know, the people who don't take it seriously, ruin it for everybody because those are the people that make it transmiss. And it doesn't matter how everyone else copes with it they ruin it for everybody else and I think that's the thing I've noticed more than anything because I I know people when it will end who will continue wearing a face mask probably for the next two three months who will refuse to sit next to somebody on a desk like you know they try and quarter themselves off and, and really keep distance and you know they'll be on a team meeting with somebody who literally they might be the next desk over from and they will go to a separate room to have that meeting they won't just go sit next to them and do it like they do take it very seriously and keep that proximity because I think that's the one thing it's really weird for me proximity was the big message at the start of it, right? They always said, you know, keeping distance from people, wearing masks, really stop it. And I think that's the one thing that seems to be going away sooner than it should, I think, in my opinion. And I think it'll be interesting to see, like you say, I think people won't cope with those measures just disappearing. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it will be, yeah, it'll be interesting because I think a lot of companies will be like, okay, it's over now. So you don't, we'll take these measures away because we don't legally have to have them. So it's easier for us to not have them. But actually... It doesn't just because you don't have to have it doesn't mean it's still not a good idea to have them. And I think I look at um, kind of countries like China or Japan and after some of their uh, kind of cultural shifts, uh, probably the last decade when they had SARS over there, you know, so many of them wear face masks anyway, naturally. I mean, don't wrong, you know, you get pollution in China and stuff like that. But even then, from health reasons, they do it. And there is a benefit from doing it anyway. You know, there's a certain level of respect from doing. It, I think in, in China Japan now, where actually if you don't have it, it's almost seen as disrespect to other people from not being that way. That's the biggest really thing for me. Don't have that for
0: me, yeah. That's the thing. I mean, that people walk around or refuse to wear a face mask, and they say it's for medical reasons. You know, it's complete bollocks. The, yeah. the thing that really annoys me is the fact that all you're doing is highlighting the fact you do not care about anybody else. Yeah, you've got no interest about what's going on in somebody else's life. I mean. I'm walking past somebody in an office. I don't know whether they've got uh, elderly parents that have got breathing issues. That if they get this um, virus, they drop down dead.
1: Yeah.
0: It could be people who are going through uh, really traumatic health issues. But again, you don't want to tell anybody because it's too traumatic to tell people. And yeah. again, some idiots walking past going, I don't want to wear a mask. And yeah, causes massive problem yeah. for them. So for me, I, it it really, really pisses me off. And I'm not gonna yeah. even pretend, you know. Yeah. Every, everybody's in touch to their own opinion. That's fine. But what's the harm in sticking a bit of cloth over your face and just giving a bit of breath, like a bit of room for somebody? Yeah. But, and yeah. until we get into I mean, I've had COVID, I've had my first job, I'm still waiting for my second one, but it's not like I haven't got protection in my system from like from it. So yeah. Realistically, I could be if I wanted to be. I could be one of those ones who go, "Oh, I'll be all right now." But no kind of respect for other people. You don't. But and
1: for me personally, I think this is the kind of society we live in. But I, I think people should be able to enforce it. I don't mind. Oh, I do. I work.
0: I do. I am an absolute bastard for it. To be honest.
1: that's thing. but the, the sad truth is legally you're not allowed to legally that you can actually bring discrimination cases against people for queering it because you're not actually allowed to say to somebody why aren't you wearing a mask what are you medically exempt okay show me that you're medically exempt and stuff like that and you're not actually allowed to do it and that's the sad truth that i think you should be able to you should be able to call people out on this and actually say okay either you aren't medically exempt in which case you should be wearing a mask or if you are Is there any harm in proving it? Like, you know, don't get me wrong. We don't need to know why you're medically exempt, but actually showing some evidence from it. And, I, you know, I don't think there's any harm in that kind of identification element of it because it's for their benefit, right? And is it really a big thing for them to be able to do, show something and say, actually, you know, this is something I've got from a doctor that shows I don't need to wear a face mask. Okay, that's all it should be for me. You know, All I'd say
0: is I will happily take that grievance on and I will stick to my guns for the whole way through. Right, yeah. so uh moving on from the uh, Peter Folk for that episode, which was Hacker from Four Chaps Brewery. We'll now move on to the around the world. Now, the around the world is from Sorry Brewing, which is based in Tallinn in Estonia. Now I believe this is the second one beer we've had from these because I believe we've had another one previously. Don't ask me when, because I can't remember. It may have been when we were very, very drunk doing that Instagram live for the um what was it? Cyberfest two, I think.
1: Yeah, I do remember. I do recognise the the brewery name, so I do. I'm yeah. with you. I think we have had it. So,
0: so this one is called Madonna of Sorry. Uh, it is a limoncello inspired single hop mosaic session IPA. It's five point three percent, so a little bit on the stronger scale for a session yep. IPA generally. Um, but yeah, I'll let you have a swig while I kind of uh, discuss little bits about it. So it's called Serious Beer for Not So Serious People. Now, the funny thing I find about this is sorry, brewery are uh, based in Estonia, yet yeah, it was set up by two Finnish people. So it's kind of like, where's the backstory? Where clearly they'd moved from a, like Finland to Estonia, mm-hmm. but they seem to omit that information all the way through. So there's no actual real like natural flow of where that brewery like managed to get set yeah, up from. It-
1: it's the kind of natural story you'd expect on the bottom, yeah. because actually it's almost a selling point of the uniqueness of the beer and the brewers, but actually we're just not going to mention T- it. Two uh, Finns
0: happened to Sorry. move over to Estonia for some work, met, started talking, created a brewery and things went from there. No, no, none of that. It's just like, yeah, so Two Finns set up a brewery, where? <laughs> Estonia. Right, okay. A, a, yeah. Any more context? No, no, I mean, so, <laughs> here's some beer, have some beer. Right, okay. Um, it's like
1: yeah, a bad that's... joke without the punchline, isn't yeah. it?
0: Really? Yeah, it's like yeah. a proper it's like it's like a really bad dad joke that hasn't been explained. So uh, yeah. So your facial expressions have been very interesting while I've been what well, first I
1: was gonna say what colour's yours, because mine's a bit cloudy, but I think that might be remnants of the it's glass cloudy. But,
0: but it's quite dark, so it's kind of yeah. uh, halfway between an amber and uh, a golden, I would say, but not quite either. Yeah, uh, I, I'd say kind of.
1: For, for me, it looks more golden, but again, I think that might be the remnants of, of previous beers. So
0: I'm not going to um, lie, that so. the nose on that the aroma is very pungent indeed. Now, does it say what hop is actually in it? I don't think it did. I
1: don't. I don't think it does. No, but no, I think no, for me, no. for me, what I'd say is it is a very competitive um, mosaic, of course. I think,
0: yeah. Is it on the mosaic.
1: <laughs> It's uh, a very complex it's, thing. It's our we're, attention
0: we're, to detail that draws people in, yeah. James. That's all it is. Um. <laughs> well, it's, how,
1: it's how on the ball we are, right? But you know, what we, what, we leave these moments in so people can scream at the podcast and say, you just said it was mosaic. You yeah, know, it's you're fat bellend. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah.
1: I, I, wow, that's, I took that's very personal out there. But,
0: um, <laughs> I think I'm still giving the news It's
1: Christmas weight. It's Christmas weight. Leftover Christmas I, I, I July, think I've still got another...
0: I think I've still got another two stand to get down to your weight. So, uh, yeah, I'll keep my mouth shut. a bit at that one. So
1: <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm probably going the other way. Uh, I've had <laughs> such a fat week of eating food, so I don't really care.
0: Right, so what uh, notes are you picking up as you uh, drink the single hopped mosaic session idea? I mean,
1: surprisingly, <laughs> Um But actually, for me, there is a certain strength to it. I think the fact that it's 5.3, I would say it probably tastes stronger than that in terms of alcohol strength almost like that spirit type of taste, I think. You always mm. get a sharpness to it, um, which I think in that sense. But it's quite light-bodied. Um, I think that blended for me in terms of aftertaste of the mosaic and the lemon actually works quite well. And I think it is one of those where, for me personally, it makes sense for the kind of citrus in beers anyway. I think it's something that people naturally... Are used to because it's so common now, and I think actually yeah, modern day craft, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think that 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 lemon adds a certain kind of tartness, sharpness that is quite pleasant for me. Um, I think it is a little bit too complex uh, in terms of how they're blended together, because um, for me they're very distinct. I don't think they necessarily go as one thing. I'm either picking one or the other up. Um, I'm curious to know in terms of the attays whether you kind of get it more blended, but for me personally, yeah. I, I get sharpness and the hops.
0: I get the uh, limoncello style at the start and then it kind of fades into that normal hoppy bitterness that you get at the end. Um, Not very session though. I would say it's a bit more of a stronger profile than what you would generally class a session like IPA to be. I'll class that more on the lines of like maybe a bit more of a normal one. I don't know if they find it a little bit easier drinking because of that limoncello style. Um, Yeah. It's, well, very, it's very, very pleasant,
1: though. It's lemon, but also for me, there's almost a bit of spice to it. And it's going to sound weird, but like, you know, like ginger beer. We've had ginger before. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Before, and it is that type of spice to it that I am getting as well, as part of almost the, the mid-body to it. It's so fair, kind of leading between the lemon and to the kind of hoppiness. Um, just kind of that kind of, yeah, spice, I think, is probably the only way I can describe it, I say.
0: So. I do know um, what you mean. It's not spicy, but it's got kind of... I think ginger is actually probably oh, the best analogy, really. Yeah, yeah. Because there's always that little bit of a sense of heat at the back of your throat yeah. right, when you have any kind of ginger base. Mm-hmm. It's not that intense, but it's that kind of effect. Yeah, I think that's a, probably yeah. a good... Which is probably what,
1: for me, is what's making it taste strong, even though it's quite light-bodied. That's probably what's giving it the strength, if you like, of alcohol in terms of just, just the shot of it, right? Really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, and- I, I, I'm, I'm, personally I'm quite enjoying that Um again it's not one of those ones I, I could think I could have a lot of them normally like yeah it's one of those beers that maybe yeah. one or two bottles absolutely limit and then you move on to something else session I don't agree with at all but the actual flavour profiles I think they're pretty much like bang on for what the description and what they're trying to get so overall yeah. that's not a, yeah. a bad show so I'm, right. yeah, I'm with you I'm quite
1: impressed
0: so yeah, I think we quite like the last one as well. So maybe it's something we need to uh, look at with each other, but And also try and find yeah. out where the hell they move from Finland to Estonia. Right. Um, like they
1: have a Finnish beer where they explain it. We need to find that Finnish beer. We will so, We will hunt it down. We will find
0: it. Um, <laughs> I will find him. Right. So, <laughs> see, some people would understand that matter still. reference, and some people will go, what oh, the yeah. hell? Is he having a stroke yeah. or...? Uh, right so it won't be yeah. the first time is <laughs> this face on one-on-one side um, <laughs> right <laughs> so I suppose we better uh, mention the big event going on at the moment haven't we James so yeah so the... Stanley
1: Cup final <laughs> oh <laughs> sorry were you kidding
0: <laughs> I mean to be honest for me personally that is the biggest <laughs> event going on I am very hyped in case anybody actually does follow me on my private uh, social media pages—it is literally full of tamper by a lot in uh, things because, yeah, we are in the final yet again, two are years are back you? to back. Uh, we're currently three nil up uh, in a seven series, so one more win, James. One more win—that's all we need. Yeah. And then, and, uh, and the
1: truth is, I don't, I don't want bolts to win, but at the same time, if I'm picking between the Canadians. And the Americans, I would go Americans.
0: That's the sad truth. So, well, just, yeah. just to clarify, he's not being like you know, nationalist or anything like that. It's actually the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> versus Canadians. Tampa oh, oh, sorry, should. <laughs> you're
1: right. yeah. <laughs> oh, I've already alienated a few other
0: nationalities. You're honest, we don't have that many like Canadian listeners, anyways. We're far more American, so you'll be on the safe side for that. But, oh, um, yeah. yeah, so Tampa Bay Line versus uh Montreal, it's three and nil. Tampa Bay absolutely dominated all the way through, which obviously for me makes it more fun. I think for the neutrals in it, because we have been so dominant, um, yeah. they're not enjoying it as much. I understand what they mean because, let's face it, as a neutral, when it comes to a final, you want it to be a close-fought contest, don't you? You want, you want that nerves where yeah. at the moment everybody thinks it's a clear-cut result where they're just waiting for Tampa to win. Most people think that it's going to be a sweep, so Montreal don't even win a single game. And to be honest, the way it's going, it probably is going to be that way. <laughs> so from a neutral point, yeah. yeah, I can understand why they find it a little bit boring. However, as a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, I am massively yeah. hyped. I am loving every single bit of it. And I mean, the,
1: the last few games definitely, they haven't looked great in. I mean, what was it? Was it 6-3? I remember yeah. correctly from when you Six said it, was yeah. it this last game? I mean, it's just insane, right? Like, that's the thing. It, they are piling it on, and they didn't just slow down. Like, they're going for it. Because sometimes, you know, if you're one and, one game up, you kind of, the second game, you do pace a little bit to just make sure, you know, okay, we've got the, the second win, potentially. We'll save it for the next one. Whereas they just kept going all out. Like, yeah. They want it. They want that back-to-back win. So, uh, Well, the, the, the one thing we have people,
0: got, yeah. The, the one thing we have got is the depth of the squad. And that's the thing that has made us like so good throughout it. We've got not only have we got some really good veterans, but we some of the young kids that we've got coming through at the minute, like first round, second round draft picks, they're absolutely amazing and literally they're hitting the ice. And it's not like normally what you'd expect is they hit the ice and it takes them a couple of seasons to kind of reach their potential we haven't got that but literally they're hitting the ice yeah. and within 2 3 games they're like scoring like one or two goals each like each time and you're like yeah yeah, and that's the
1: consistency as well. It's yeah. not just, oh, they scored a goal, you know, one hit, one draw or something. Like that. They, they keep going for it. And oh. that's what's by me away
0: way, to be fair. Well, Kuterov got uh, taken off in the middle of the second game. We still won because, you know, we had a young kid replace him and he was even more dominant than Kuterov was in that game. Yeah, uh, Alex Cologne, we lost through injury in game three. Made absolutely no difference because like, like Coleman and Pointer just completely replaced it. And yeah. then Tyler Johnson just absolutely dominated all the way through. He was... My favorite player, and has yeah, been ever yeah. since I've started watching them. Um, yeah, I, for me, I'm massively excited. I'm loving it at the minute. So I think this will be the last season that we get this far, because it's always a thing with any kind of American sport—the way in which they have yeah. their systems, they have the cap to try to like you know make you lose players, and the draft. The better you are, the lower than your order you are. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm expecting a lot after this season, but the facts potentially get two back-to-back make me very very happy
1: also I, I think for me personally they deserve this one because I got really annoyed last season even though I'm not a Bolts fan but the people who were like oh well it wasn't a proper season it wasn't a proper win all that rubbish well they kind of just taken that and said okay hold this beer for me and just you know gone out and really showed actually we are the dominant team at the moment you know we are really good we've got the team there and they've not kind of let it get to them and they you know I think they deserve to win, and if they do, it just shows that, yeah, they were good. And I think the whole, oh, it wasn't a real victory, is just a- absolute rubbish. And I think they've just shown that in the, in the next season and just kept it going momentum-wise. So.
0: Well, one thing I will say is because we actually didn't finish top of that group either. We finished third. So we had the harder routes through yeah. to the final, and we like throughout, we've been really, really good. Now, there is a bit of controversy around Tampa Bay Lightning, which I find really, really funny, because... I started watching Tampa Bay Lightning in, in, and became a massive fan of them in 2015. Uh, up to that point, I kind of watched the games where I never really had a set team. It's like nothing really drew me in as a squad where Tampa Bay did. Tampa Bay Lightning lost the Stanley Cup final that season against uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And it was actually the season we'd lost I became yeah. a fan. Uh, at the end of that season, the reason why it was deemed that Blackhawks won the league because they were 5 million over their salary cap. But because of injuries, any injury doesn't count towards your salary cap. So if players are out for the entire season of come comeback for the playoffs. That's completely fine. Yeah. This season, Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stankos were out for the majority of the season. So they didn't count towards our salary cap. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. This was fully yeah. investigated by the NHL. So the NHL went in to see if it was if it was done as a result yeah. of trying to yeah. avoid the salary cap, so they could smash it in the playoffs and stuff like that. They went in, they deemed Nano it, it is genuine operations, uh, genuine recovery time. They could see the progress of what's happening. And you know, I think at the moment we're something like seventeen million over the salary cap, and people yeah. are kicking off about it. Well, the funny part about it is after the two thousand and fifteen. Stanley Cup Finals, Tampa Bay Lightning applied to the NHL to remove this black area, or the grey area, sorry, where yeah. if, you, if you've if got players, you've got players. You know what I mean? So it shouldn't yeah, be, yeah. it shouldn't be then offset. So if they come back in the playoffs, it doesn't make any difference.
1: So they, they asked to remove the very thing. They asked, they asked to remove it and time. every other
0: team went, no, nah, no, it's fine. Yeah. And the funny thing is, now it's worth in our favour they're all kicking off about it. And you're like, well, hold on a minute. Six yeah. years ago, we asked you to remove this yeah. new bowl. You didn't. Yeah. It just, I mean, we haven't played it. It just <laughs> happened to have been that's the way it's yeah. fallen.
1: But, but we all know it's gonna go next season, <laughs> like everything'll oh, yeah. Con- go. But oh yeah,
0: because all of a sudden yeah. it's like, oh, we've been massively dominant. And I think Nikita Kudov over oh, the last two um the last two sets of playoffs is now the fourth high scoring in points. Yeah. in history of the entire league. That's how dominant he's been. And he's yeah. that, that whole season off, hasn't he? Because he had an operation, he recovered. So he came back and just literally just smashed it from the whole point. But yeah. yeah. So, I, I think uh,
1: the other thing to say about that is I think I saw on, I think it was on Twitter or something, like uh, NHL official said, like the thing with Bolts, they also made it really transparent from the start. When they had the injuries, they consulted. They made sure before they made any decision because they knew the rule and they wanted to make sure that it didn't come and bite them. So, you know, people can't get annoyed because they've gone to the officials and said, "Okay, what do we do here? Are we okay to proceed with this?" and worked it out. And yeah, they're over the limit now, but that doesn't really matter. They, you know, and they did everything they could. So,
0: well, the one thing I really I am thankful for is because we were over that salary cap, the one player that they were looking at moving on was Tyler Johnson. Yeah. And Tyler Johnson is my favourite. He's the main reason why I got drawn into the club. He's the main reason why I generally got so hyped by him. I think he's an absolutely fascinating player to watch. He's so fast. He's one of the players he got written off straight away because he's smaller than what most NHL players are supposed to be. But actually, his work rate is absolutely amazing. I think he's such an underrated player. So the fact that we managed to keep him for another season and potentially get another ring for him as well, for me, just makes me so happy. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really pumped yeah. for it. But I suppose yeah. we better move yeah. on from ice hockey because uh, people get very annoyed when we talk about this stuff a bit too much. <laughs> but, yeah, but you say that. I mean, you, you,
1: if they win, you can buy yourself and your two sons a shirt and you can have three bolts on a shirt, can't you? Oh, and, that's exactly uh, what, that'd what be I'm really doing. Nice. That'd, that'd be really nice, right? So uh, <laughs> there you
0: go. Yeah, I'm loving it. So, yeah, so uh, oh. I suppose we very briefly better touch on the other sporting event that's going on. Because, um, um, of course, it is uh, the year 2021. So we're currently in the middle of Euro 2020.
1: So the year that England won Euro 2020.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest, it's looking more and more likely. Um, we're now down to the semi-finals, so... England uh, against Denmark, which we've heard Denmark have been absolutely amazing. I think that whole solidarity since their player Christian Eriksen um, had the yeah. cardiac arrest on the pitch. I think that actually really brought them together, and they're really striving to try and do like prove a point for him and fair play to him. Why wouldn't you? Um, the opposite side is Italy it's versus England, Spain, Spain.
1: Yeah.
0: so um, you can imagine what that game is going to be like. I mean, <laughs> the, for the majority of the game. I bet twenty people will be running around on the floor because somebody blew on them. Um, yeah, I mean, both countries have the I reputation do. for it, so it's not wrong.
1: They, they do, <laughs> um, and I, I think the thing is, we're, we're not we're not massive fans of the sport. I think yeah. I think we both though when it does come to. National games like this, like we will keep up with it. It's not like we completely turned off from it. I think, you know, um, it's hard not to, to be fair, when it's so prevalent everywhere. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I hope they get as far. I think there are some good facts that I, I did see, like, on BBC Sport about kind of like Euros. I think we're the first team ever to get this far and not concede a single goal. Um, yeah, so five like, games without conceding the goal is a, like, a
0: European Cup record. Um, yeah. The last time that uh, England actually went in a competition and didn't can goals for four games was uh 1966, which was sure. obviously when I won the world cup. So, of course, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, I did watch the uh England Ukraine game, and to be honest, they were completely dominant.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, it was gonna, I think that was a game that people kind of almost expected that to happen in the grand scheme of things. Uh, I, don't, I don't know
0: because um, I, I think I don't because, think because of the uh, um, thing, but. No, because the Ukraine did have the extra time and stuff as well. So, yeah, they would have been a little bit more tired than perhaps yeah. what they should have been. But overall, I don't think that actually made it a blind bit of difference. I think it was actually just quality, just yeah. dragged them through. And to be honest, I think, yes, the next potential two games will be difficult, no matter who they're facing. Yes, obviously, Denmark were one of them, and Spain and Italy are never. Massive pushovers, anyway. So it'll yeah. be an interesting thing, whether they win it. Who knows? But I, I, think the, I think the biggest thing that I found from it was watching the relief of Harry Kane because the amount of pressure that the UK press yeah. kind of put on him the second he scored that goal in the uh, the last sixteen round, you could tell yeah. that the world had been lifting off shoulders, and then you watched him uh, yeah. yesterday. It was like a different player because that yeah. because you get that first it's, goal. It's, it's, it's that mental off.
1: game, like yeah. the pressure was off. The, I think that that's the thing with with England in general. When they get as far as they're going to be getting, they choke because the pressure gets them, and they they do let it get to them. And I think it's hard for any sport to do that, yeah. but at the same time, it is it is a, a, a certain thing with with English fans, and I think you now around the world, I think English footballers do have a certain reputation for being the way they are uh, because they are so. You know, inspired and loved the game so much that that's one way of saying it. But um, you know, I, I think for me personally, I don't really care either way. I, I'll be honest; like, I don't. I, it's not that like I don't want England to win, but you know, I watch it and I, you know, I, I'm hopeful that we get as far as we do. If we don't, it's almost that pessimistic. Well, that was expected of England, wasn't it? You know, because we don't expect that much of them. So I think most England fans at this point are like, actually, the fact we've got this far, that's great, and that's the excitement. That's the thing for us. It's just. You know, seeing England in the semi finals, if we see them in the finals, win or lose, we still got to the finals and we, we kind of actually take that more than winning in the grand scheme of things. That's the sad truth about it for us. Well, I I mean, it's, it'd be
0: nice for, um, well, you know, for Tampa Bay to win and also England to win on um, the same year that Mark. Yeah. My second son was born. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just yeah. a nice thing to tie in, isn't it, really? Yes, I'm not a massive football fan. I, to be honest, I have enjoyed it a bit more than what I expected to. Also, as I've said before, I used to follow football a lot. Yeah. Um, but there's still the elements of football that put me off. You can still tell that they're there, which... <laughs> The majority of it is the money, but also attitudes towards other nations. I mean, doing other countries' yeah. doing national anthems for me, especially being a big rugby man, it's just a massive no go. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that I need to learn from it, really, but yeah. we'll see. I don't think it will happen, but it is what it is. But yeah, I potentially, I think, uh, was it a week today, James? They could it'll all be over no matter what, but I think they've got a good chance. I, I'm I'm purposely not saying the uh, words that people are saying all the while, just because it really irritates me. So, Three
1: three bolts on on a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) I'd buy that straight away.
0: Right, so very briefly, (laughs) let's move on to the wild card because we have been gabbing on quite a lot. You can tell we haven't spoken a lot recently, can't you? Uh, So the wild card for this episode is all the way from Boss Broom, which is in Swansea. Um, And it's called Bubble Trouble, which is a bubblegum pale ale. 4.5%. And it's A Beer to Thirst for Like a Boss. Mm, I, I just don't... I,
1: yeah, I don't... Uh,
0: we've got... Don't, I'll let you uh, I'll, I'll let you be the guinea pig on this one because I reckon it's going to be horrendous. Uh, yeah. We've got oh, I all mean,
1: retro... <laughs> but, yeah, before the before we kind of really dig into the beer and the taste, I would say I am loving the the can art. To be fair, the art the can, of the can yeah. is amazing. To be fair, like I love the kind of comic book style of it uh, in terms of kind of word and logos and stuff like that. They they've done a really good job. And I do yeah, it's, like it's kind
0: of like Sin City stuff. style, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, and that and I think that is really good. Anyway, oh, so it's very. I just had a nose of bubblegum. Well, this is the thing I said from the start. Even when I opened it, I could smell the bubble gum. Okay, and I've been smelling the bubblegum probably for an hour <laughs> there, So I know what I'm getting into. And I think bubblegum for me as a flavour, and I'm interested to know before we go into this whether you like bubblegum, but like I don't, I don't chew bubblegum mind... at all. Exactly. I I like when I have it in terms of the odd occasion of you sometimes get bubblegum flavoured ice cream and stuff like that, or uh just bubblegum in general, isn't I go chewing gum over bubblegum? So was what is it? Hubba Bubba, hubba bubba? I'm not
0: going like when I had that whiff. It took me back to uh, yeah. little two p hoverbobs I used to get when I was yeah. at school. Granted, it was like you know over two decades ago, but we were not mentioning that. Um, yeah, so I'll you be the You were school
1: the other day, weren't you? You're not talking. <laughs>
0: Nothing. Carry on. Carry oh, on. Uh, I definitely missed that part. <laughs> you know, I can't focus when I'm reading. It takes too so much that, concentration. That. <laughs>
1: That's one when, when you listen back to it, you, you'll hear what I said and realize how bad it was. So we'll just move
0: That's on. That's okay. Uh, and remember, I know where you live. Right. So uh...
1: <laughs> I'm in witness protection. You don't know.
0: Well, Burton on Trenton. Yeah. Right. We've gone all retro with this pale ale, bringing you the original bubblegum flavour straight from the 70s. Expect a nostalgic blast of notes of banana, cherry, and strawberry. Flavours reminiscent of that traditional pink bubblegum of our younger days. We can't make the claim that it's great for blowing huge bubbles, although we challenge you to try.
1: Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, That packs a punch. Wow. I mean, generally (laughs) the flavour goes up your nose. Like, wow. Um.
0: I will say I don't know what yours is like, but mine's as flat as a witch's tit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's flat, but. I think in terms of when you taste it, it goes, it goes, yeah, it goes. I, it wow.
0: smells horrendous. I, I, as a beer, I, just, I I really don't want to drink this. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think we, we
1: said this before, though. It's the type of flavour. And I think, uh, what was it? We, we talked about this with ciders before. You can get the Palmer Violet brother yes. Cider. And it's like, if you like the flavour of Palmer Violet, you're going to like the cider. And if you like bubblegum, you're probably going to like the beer. But as a beer in general it is not going to be a good beer because it's all about that taste. It's all it's, about bubblegum.
0: It's the novelty so, value, isn't it? Again, that's what yeah. they're trying to go for.
1: And I hate to say, I can taste bubblegum quite prominently. If I could taste anything else, I would be disappointed. You know what I mean? I, it's,
0: it just it's smells soft. like hubba bubble. That's literally all I can yeah. smell.
1: Can't yeah, smell any uh, hop,
0: can't smell anything. Literally just smell hubba-bubba.
1: I, I think it would be interesting to... to, I, to I really don't it. want
0: to try this, Jen. <laughs> <I'm not> gonna...
1: <laughs> I know, the saturated fish. you poured yourself quite a glass there as well.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's a big can, and you know I don't like wasting stuff, especially at the moment because I don't get that much alcohol, right?
1: That is true. So I mean, here we go. I just can't wait for your facial expression because for me, it just kind of the aroma of bubblegum, gum. It's oh my so, god, that's awful. Yeah, it packs a punch, and it just stays in your the back of your mouth, and it just seems to like like say, I mine went straight up to my nose. Genuinely, just the whole aroma of it because it's so oh. strong that flavour and pungent. I think is definitely yeah. <laughs>
0: You hate it. I absolutely this despise that. This is why, oh, yeah, oh.
1: Again, we talked about facial camera, but that, 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 this is in episode 14 beer. So that
0: tastes like me searching one of my old school bags from the 90s, finding a hubba bubba, and then chewing it.
1: And to be That's clear, what it he tastes needs like, like modern day it now, yeah, yeah modern yeah, day, yeah, 20 yeah. years old.
0: That, oh. It's a good job we banned the word James because there's only one word that can really emphasise the B word. The B word. <laughs> yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. My oh God, that is absolutely horrendous. Oh,
1: the worst. The worst thing about it for me is it's not just because the bubble gum is just so prevalent, but there was almost this again herbal aftertaste. Like, that just lingers a little bit. and The
0: best way I can describe that is, as I've drank it, not only has it put hairs on my tongue, but I have lost my testes. They have just ingested themselves into my body. That That is the effect that that beer has given me. That is awful. Genuinely awful. The best awful. part about
1: this, of course, is uh, my girlfriend, at the end of this, will fry all of these, <laughs> and I will not tell her what this is like, and I can't wait for her to take a massive sip of it, thinking, oh, bubblegum. Oh, wow, that is horrendous. It, it's
0: funny, it's, it really smells like bubblegum. You do get that bubblegum taste, but it's just... It doesn't know if it wants to be a bit like bitterness or sourness, and it's kind of neither or but both at the same time. It's just... Yeah. The confusion for me is just awful. And I'll be honest, I think they, they put,
1: in terms of notes, banana, and I can taste the banana.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think banana is actually tasting... Was clearly in that flavor all the way along because it does taste exactly like it does have the yeah. hint of the Hubba Bubba. But
1: yeah, no. you know what? I think that's a good way of describing it, though, in terms of banana that banana bread beer that we tried. Um,
0: it's like a worse version of that, obviously.
1: Yeah. It, it is, it's like a much sweeter, the bubble gum in terms of that mixture of flavors and fruits. Yeah, that is oof. <laughs> oof. I'll be honest, I used to like Hubba Bubba back in the day. Oh, um, I used to smash is, it, but. This is kind of hubba-budda twisted, though. Just... Hubba-budda?
0: Hubba-budda. <laughs> <nou-that's>
1: <snipát leider> <laughs> so I'll be honest, I felt like I was Forrest Gump there for a second.
0: It took me back to when I had to get tested for a stroke. That's not a joke.
1: Sorry, yeah. Just so I'm saying.
0: I mean, I don't make that as a joke when he actually was tested for a stroke. Right.
1: Hands up, hands up.
0: I'm generally be walking around a car park in the middle of Bristol, just like, doing the whole thing of like saying my name repeatedly with my hands up. It looked like I was literally having a mental breakdown, um, but that's what the fast advert tells you to do.
1: Right. Okay, yeah.
0: right. Um, I have no idea whose turn it is to go first, so
1: I, I don't mind. I don't mind going first. I don't uh, mind
0: either way. It, it's it's, com- yeah. it's time we've got to pick an order, and yeah, and I you mean know what? It's...
1: normally I find this quite hard, but I, I'm not going to be on the dash. Boss, brewing, bubble trouble. Like, no. Dance really? <laughs> I know, it will come as a shock, because I know we're both massive fans of, of absolute rubbish beers, but um, <laughs> no, that is... And you know what? I, I hate to say... Um, <laughs> Because one thing I will say is Kev's beer, right? Four chance brewery. I think this is a good one for it to be pitted up against. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will I will say it's not a terrible beer, but it's not one of the best ones of his I've had. It's not
0: our style, is it, generally? No. Yeah.
1: And I, I would say, though, it will still come out very well from this because of the other beers. <laughs> so I, I think for me, he's done quite well there. But yeah, Bubble Trouble has to be last. I think BrewDog, double or nothing for me, is next. Again, I just... I think, as we said, it was confused more than anything. And I think, for me, it was just a bit too too much. And that marshmallow, that sweetness, you know, I hate to say it, I'm more likely to finish the Bubble Trouble tonight than I am the Double or Nothing because of the sweetness. And I think, yeah, genuinely. um, But that being said, in terms of flavour, I think Bubble Trouble, I I think it's just that... It's the bubblegum taste of it. It has one taste to it, that bubblegum. Whereas at least the Double or Nothing judging them against each other right i just think has a slightly better profile okay from it so um i, I think then probably and this is where it gets a bit hard for me to be fair uh I, i'd probably say the hacker next to be fair four chaps hacker um again it's not a bad bit it's just not a particularly style that i would go for and i think you're right in terms of the, the type of hops used it's probably that flavor aftertaste that i'm getting and it's just like you say it if it was balanced slightly differently, maybe the aftertaste wouldn't be as prevalent, and that's probably the thing I am sticking to a little bit too much there. Um, but yeah, I think Madonna of sorry, that that is that is the one to be fair. The lemoncello inspired uh, IPA is really good. Um, I would say though, personally for me, these are probably the. F- four worst beers we've had in quick succession i hate to say it when i normally say it, all, all the beers were really really nice these were beers that were either not to my style like hacker in terms of it's a nice beer just not one that i would go yeah. for or to be fair pretty bad beers all round. and i think for me the cello, because of citrus notes it kind of worked more than the others but at the same time would i go back to any one of these beers again Probably not, Chris. So, yeah, that's my wow. scathing review. Yeah, that's as harsh as I'm being. Um, but, yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm kind of feeling like, and that's why I was struggling with Hacker, because I think, actually, of all the beers, it's probably the nicest one. It's just the fact that it's not my style. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's... I know, I, passion,
0: yeah, I definitely but, yeah. know what you mean. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> right, so it's time to come to my review. Now, I will be honest straight from the off, the order is exactly the same. However,
1: different reasons.
0: Yeah, for me, it's more of a, a tale of two halves. So,
1: it's got very poetic. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, boss, <laughs> boss Brewing is in fourth place, the bubble trouble. You know, I, I, the nostalgia hit, yes, you know, it brought back all those memories, you know, some good, some really bad, um, you know, from when I was younger. But it's one of those ones, as a drink, it is not enjoyable. It's not pleasant. It's solely done for by me, by me. That's, it's one of those type of beers. And uh, for me, it's just not my style at all. Third place, again, is the Double or Nothing. Now, with the Double or Nothing, yes, it's quite bitter and sweet, but actually, as a drinkability aspect, I think there's a slight more drinkability to the Double or Nothing for me personally over the Bubble Trouble because it's one of those ones where actually I drank the Double or Nothing and thought, that's not my standard beer at all. But again, pretty against the Boss Brewing one, I'm like, I would have to actually happily drink that Double or Nothing more than the, uh, the Bubble Trouble. At least it's not trying to be... Like reminiscent of something, it's just trying to be its own style. It's just not a style that particularly suits my palate much. So, those two for me, I'll, I've gotten, I won't buy them again. Yeah. The other two, actually, I find a lot more pleasurable than you do. So, second place again is Hacker. Uh, yes, I'm not personally, I'm not a massive fan of the Kavik yeast, but as a balanced drink, it's actually a very smooth drink, it's very subtle. And that's the reason why that kovic flavor comes out a little bit more um and overall i think it for me to make it a, a really nice drink an extra hot would have just benefited the pro- flavor yeah. profile slightly just maybe a bit just of a,
1: complexity yeah. yeah just a
0: little bit of extraness to it just to make it you know spot on which i think that sorry brewing the madonna uh the madonna or sorry actually has so yes you get that initial limoncello style f- taste at the front Followed by that normal bitterness you get from an IPA it marketed itself as a session I don't think it's more session I think it's more of a normal IPA but yeah I actually, for me that Madonna of sorry is absolutely beautiful and I will uh, happily buy more of them so for, as the, the order we went through for me it was like a double or nothing was yeah. Packer was better the Madonna of Sorry was even better. I was like, oh, yes, this is really yeah. nice. And then you drank the Ross and you're like, ah, I'm straight back to the bottom. So <laughs> it was kind of the journey I went through. But yeah. If only
1: we knew the story behind the brewery, right? That's... I will find it.
0: I will find <laughs>
1: no, it. we'll come back. We'll have to get another of their beers and we'll tell the tale. Uh, a very long <laughs> tale at some other point in future. So Exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, right. Well, we have gabbed on for a little bit longer than normal, but we have... This is the first time I've actually properly spun for about a month, so it kind of makes yeah. sense. Normally happens when it's been about this long time. So uh, thank you very much for listening, people, and we'll be back in about two weeks' time. Thanks.
1: Bye.